everyone and welcome to the seventh episode. Is it seventh? Yeah, it is the seventh. It is seventh. So seventh episode of Saving Ourselves. And I'm here in the studio with Jennifer. My name is Maya Luukka. And uh, as we always do, we let our guests to introduce themselves. So let's can we just go straight to the point? Yeah, I would love to do that. Yes, please kindly introduce yourself. We have a wonderful guest with us. So let's hear from you. What's your name, your company, and a little bit of background on what you do, and then we'll take it from there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the kind invitation to, to be here today with you. My name is Ulla Levelahti, and I work as the environmental manager for Finsementti. Um, Finsementti is uh, the only producer of cement in Finland. And we are uh, part of the CRH group. CRH group is uh, a big uh, global uh, building material um, uh, company. And uh, we have two cement plants in Finland, one in Parainen and one in Lappeenranta. I've been uh, working for the company for more than 20 years so far. My background is in uh, production. So I was previously the production manager for the Parainen plant. But now for more than 10 years, I've been working with uh, environmental issues and with the main focus being on CO2 reduction. Awesome. That is a very interesting introduction. And so your company enjoys monopoly in Finland, I would say. <laughs> well, not monopoly, but, but yes, a very strong market here. <laughs> yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. It's like maybe 75% of, of the market. So okay. yes, we, we have a... Um, strong position and of course the responsibility that comes with that yeah yeah definitely so you are your business is cement so could we elaborate <laughs> a bit about what what is cement before we go forward so that all the listeners and me uh can understand the element and the process actually yes for making <laughs> and using cement i think that's a very good start because uh, most people are not that familiar uh, and there is very common that, that you actually think that cement is concrete or, or vice versa. So yes, um, you start from, from limestone. So, so limestone is the raw material. And then from that, to, through a, a chemical uh, process of, of heating and chemical reactions, you get uh, actually a, a material called clinker, which is the intermediate product before you produce cement. And cement is sort of a, a, a gray powder which is then used together with gravel and sand and water to produce concrete. And concrete is then the, the product that you use when you're building bridges or, or, or houses. Mm. Okay, interesting. Um, but the, the product between, I don't want to mention the name because I might say it wrongly. But <laughs> <laughs> so the product between the limestone and the cement, do you use that also for something? Because I, the name sounds very familiar to me. I think it sounds familiar because you use clinker also for the products that you put on 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 your the walls or, or, uh, or floor. Yes. It is kind of sounds sounds familiar mm -hmm. in that sense. But but clinker is sort of the intermediate product, which is actually the part of the process where the CO two emissions uh, happen, because that's the part which is um, in the kiln. You have a high temperature mm -hmm. and and you have the the, the CO two emissions coming yeah. from that. Yeah. So basically you are burning it, right? Yes um, and no, both. <laughs> we are burning fuels to mm. get the high temperature. And at the same time, that high temperature uh, gives reason to a chemical reaction from the limestone. And in that uh, chemical reaction, we produce the, the lime and then um, the CO2. So that's sort of the... Okay. Chemical reaction happening. Okay. So, so the lime itself, it's not burned. Yeah. Okay. It's okay, just okay. changing. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, it's changing from one, what one um, chemical composition to another. Okay. And then, yeah, then yeah. we get buildings. Yeah, and and I think there we have it. A very interesting education on how cement is produced. So, thank you very much. <laughs> that is a very good start to our conversation today. And um, I think we are very happy to have you here because based on our past guests and all the discussions we've had so far, I think the construction company is one of the most interesting 
industries we wanted to have on this episode to also hear their thoughts on what we are doing when it comes when it comes to um what is happening in the world right now so climate change sustainability and things like that so maya i think you have a question yeah i do have a comment here i, I think that this is also extremely interesting topic for the reason that well we're living in Helsinki or Espo area in the like capital area of Finland and there's a lot of new buildings coming up all the time and there's a lot of discussion about around uh, well urbanization as well so from that point of view this is relevant as well and yeah to see it just the environmental aspect from that but now back to you Jennifer. <laughs> okay now let, let's give some questions to our guests here so um Talking about the construction industry, um, I know there's probably been some changes over the years because from your introduction, you've been here or in the industry for like this current position, I would say for 10 years. So what are what are some of the changes that has occurred over this period? And what does, um, what are some of the, let's say positive things that it has also brought into the industry? Um, the biggest change that we can see recently, or, or if we say like 10 years, it's, it's recently. Uh, but what we see is, of course, the, the, the change in the attitude towards uh, CO2. So um, the cement industry has been working for CO2 reduction for a very long time already. Uh, we've been part of the, the EUETS, the, the environment the the emission trading system from its beginning since 2005 and um, we we can really um, see that in the beginning we were more you know pushing the change and now it feels like the change is really actually happening and, and we're starting to see our customers and and the the surroundings sort of asking for um the, the, the things you know that you really need to do something about it and this is something that in the beginning was not really there mm. so so there were like more talk than mm. walk yeah mm. yeah okay yeah w what about um if we look at construction industry more broadly now uh what what has been really happening there in the previous years um actually if if you look at the construction uh, sector as 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 a big um group what you can see is that um environmental uh, issues have been there sort of of course part of the of the production you know for, for cement plants for mm -hmm. us it's been there you know it's been part of the the way we work but if you look at the construction sector i don't think that um, sustainability and 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 the environmental impact has been a very strong um influence mm -hmm. in, in in that planning because if you look at houses it's very different from from uh, like consumer products yeah uh, you normally it's not a fashion you don't go you know for yeah. one kind of a house and change to another and, yeah. and this it's more like it's a very long like it might be even lifelong decisions when you make a decision of, of buying a house it's probably the most expensive um thing you buy in, <laughs> in, in, in your life and and the, i would say that there are many other aspects that has been um, much more uh, of value mm. in, in doing those decisions than environmental issues. So yeah. I would say that that this kind of, of CO2 uh, footprint thinking is rather new mm. uh, in, in this area for that reason. Okay. So, so I would say that this is sort of a, a, a new thing to, to really start to, to make planning also according to uh, environmental uh, impact. Okay. I would say safety has always been the main, yeah, the main thing. The, the yeah. main thing. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's, that's true. That you need a shelter, you know, something yeah. that that keeps you safe, mm. both from heat and and from yeah. from cold, and and it needs to be something that doesn't burn. And there's, you know, yeah. different things that that you value most. Yeah, I, I think this takes us back to even our core. Um, we had an episode that we call the culture of burning. And as you said, so the hierarchy of needs has changed over the years that 
in the beginning, people just wanted a place to sleep and they didn't think about the impact. And then now we have evolved so much that we are trying to look back on some of the decisions we took. So maybe we are not too late. <laughs> it is the right time to, to start this discussion. Yeah. And uh, then, well, if looking at how actually, if building a new like building or having cement, for how long are we actually using that? So if producing cement now, uh, when are we still having this exactly same cement we produce today? Uh, I was actually uh, looking at some calculations today at the office and, and there was uh, this lady who called me and, and she's told that, that according to the, um, she, she made some calculations on, on, uh, uh, on in lab scale on her um, the concrete composition, you know, mm. for, for next building, and and she said that well, according to my calculations, this uh, this concrete will last for four hundred and twenty three years. Oh my no. <laughs> So so that's actually uh, concrete is a product that has been there for some time. Mm. We have a lot of. Uh, information regarding its you know uh, the strength yeah. how long lasting it is so so concrete as it is it is a very long lasting product and and we can produce it so mm. if we build it today we can have it f for more than 100 years mm. that's not a problem so i think uh, still we see that buildings uh, that were built 50 years ago yeah. they might be that at the moment they're taking them down but it has actually nothing to do with the concrete strength. I mm. mean, you could have the building there. Yeah. Mm. It's it's normally the problem is more like the, it's come to its technical end of time mm. okay. from other purposes, mm. or it might be that the building is in the wrong place. Mm. You know, it's not needed there anymore. Yeah. Or like in the Helsinki area, it might be that the building is too small for that uh, specific space. So you know, when uh, the area is starting to be limited, mm -hmm. then the owner of that space would actually want to have a much bigger, bigger building mm -hmm. in, in that same place. Yeah. So this is when you ask uh, how long that will be there, it's depending on a lot like of different yeah. things. It's it's not merely mm -hmm. the, the material. I would mm -hmm. say that the material might be there for yeah. several hundred years, <laughs> yeah. but, but what will be the needs? Of, of the the owner of it, that might be then again different. Super interesting, and I was actually actually just re reflecting on my visits in some museums, and there are some paintings that are like three hundred years old, and I'm like, whoa, this is so crazy old. But yeah, uh, but now then, you also said that cement can last for a much longer period of time. So what what is actually happening for it for the material after we take down the building? Can we, for example, use it or reuse it? Uh, uh, it can be. Uh, if we can start with the, the alternatives that we can do, I think the best alternative is, of course, uh, planning the building in that sense that you can uh, use the building as a whole, you know, mm. maybe mm. doing some some minor changes on yeah. it. But, but even if, if the needs change, that you can change the house with that, the, the building with those. Mm. So that's sort of the best alternative yeah but the next best alternative would be to to sort of you know build it to say disassemble so, mm. so you could actually take it into parts and, and use it, yeah, and, yeah. and use those parts to mm. build something yeah. something new that would be sort of the, the next alternative mm. um the third alternative is what you said uh, you know uh, crushing the, the the concrete the concrete and, into, and, yeah. and taking away uh, the steel enforcement mm. and, and then you have the, the, the concrete there and that material can still be used um, as uh, it can be used like in in road um, sort of foundations okay and, mm. and actually it has a lot of strength still left mm. and you can use that uh, instead of uh, you know natural raw materials and actually you can use much less of that than you would you know it, it takes sort of the proportion that it replaces is actually bigger than the, the volume that yeah. it has itself. And then just remember, um, concrete is actually a, a carbon sink. 
so the chemical reaction that happens from the limestone, you know, when it mm -hmm. when it um, calcinates and and the CO two is released, that's actually a reversible chemical reaction. So okay. the the it's concrete at the end of its lifetime, it's uh, capable of taking up the CO two back. Hmm. And and the more you you crush it and and you have new surface area. Uh, available that are in touch with with air and mm. and, and with, with some humidity that will lead to that that the, the concrete will actually take in the co2 back mm. so uh, yes it's 100 percent re reusable after its uh, its uh, first lifetime so to say yeah but then um i think i've noticed that not a lot of the buildings crashed down are used like the raw materials you don't normally see them using it again is there a reason why? Uh, I would say that in Finland at the moment, like 90% of, of the concrete is reused, but okay. it's mainly reused as uh, road, road, uh, road, road uh, yes. Mm. And, and there is, uh, of course, a lot of uh, uh, different reasons for this. One of the reasons is, is, of course, that the buildings that we are bringing down at this moment, we don't necessarily have, they have not been built in sort of this way that they would be planned to, mm. to be re reused. Yeah. So it's more like what we are doing now is is building for, for the future to be able to, to, mm. to, to reuse them better. So at the moment, I would say that, that probably the, the most, probably the easiest way of using it is, is crushing it and using it as, as, uh, as for road, road yeah. for, for roads. Mm. Okay. And I've also noticed that some of the buildings in Helsinki recently have these different kind of puzzle. They are putting the different parts together. So they assemble it. They bring it in, in like different like pieces already. Element building. Elements, yeah. I, I would say. Ah, yeah. Okay. yeah, sort of something like that. And so that is what you were talking about. So maybe at the end of the life, they can just take it apart again. Yes. And then. Yes. And, and what's happening is, is the digitalization so we get a lot of more information regarding the houses. We can have this sort of digital twin mm. of, of the house and, and we have all the data because uh, we need to remember that that the house is quite a complex uh, yeah. um, combination. You, you have a lot of different materials there. There might be chemicals in there. You, you actually really need to to know, you know, yeah. <laughs> everything. And, and that kind of information we don't necessarily have from those um, older buildings. Mm, so far yeah. so, so this is one of these big changes going on in in, in construction wow interesting mm. <laughs> and one last comment before maya comes in i've also noticed that um especially when you travel to they say old towns they have these very old buildings but they don't take them down they they still have them and it's sort of a tourist attraction sort of yeah something like that well what is the reason behind that are those buildings like built in a special way from the like 200 years ago and they, they are still strong. Why don't they take those buildings down? I really don't know. Um, I think it might be sort of a cultural thing also because there are some cities like Turku where mm -hmm. close by where I believe, I think there they have taken down a lot of very, very beautiful old buildings. Uh, okay. <laughs> but but, but um, I, I think um, it, it might be... Uh, it might be sort of a, a cultural thing in, in the area. Mm. Um, they try to uh, keep those old buildings, uh, those uh, if they're made out of, of concrete and, and stone, um, there is no difficulty in, in actually um, servicing them in that way that they might have a very, very long, long lifespan. Mm. Okay. Okay, I think we have had an interesting discussion about buildings in general. So maybe now we can focus more on Finsimenti. Like, what are you doing at the moment in the construction industry? What is new? What are some of the innovations that you've come out with? Um, well, if, if it's okay, if, if I um, talk a little bit about uh, our um, sort of our role in, in this uh, question. If you look at the, the CO2 emissions in general, uh, building and, and houses uh, is responsible for uh, about um, thirty percent of the emissions in in Finland. Mm. But actually, when you really uh, look at it, you know um, how is the CO two formed? We can see that about seventy five percent of that thirty percent um, has to do with the 
energy consumption mm. of the houses. So um, it's most, of course, in Finland, it's mainly heating, but, but it might be also cooling uh, yeah. needs. Yeah. So uh, that area is sort of 75%. And, and that means that um, to be able to, to reach like the carbon neutrality uh, targets that we have set for Finland, it means that the, the energy side needs to be looked at. Yeah. So, so the buildings need to be more energy efficient. Energy. But then, of course, we have the energy production side that needs to be decarbonized. Mm. So, so that's one thing. But uh, our share, like um, the, the product, the products share of, of the CO2 emission, the, the building sites, yeah. actually, that's like 5% of, of the total that that's sort of the, the new building mm. of, of houses and bridges and infrastructure and everything together. That's like 5% of, of the uh, emissions, emissions in Finland. Yeah. Yes. And then if you look at like the cement industry, fin cement, our share is it is a little less than two percent of of the Finnish emissions. So that's sort of the mm. the landscape that we are that we are working on. Uh, in in the EU, we are also uh, the, the cement industry's share is rather small. It's like below three percent, and and that has to do with the fact that that Europe is sort of quite built already. Mm. It's, it's an mm. old continent in, in that sense. Uh, worldwide, you can see that um, the cement industry's share of the CO2 emissions is in the size of, of 7%. So mm. there it starts to be already quite a, a big impact. Mm. And um, China is <laughs> even uh, something different. There the share is as much as, as 10%. And today, more than half of all cement in the world is produced in China. Mm. So, so there is a very, very different yeah. picture over there. But, mm. but with this being the case that the cement industry, we have a rather big share. And, and then at the same time, we have a material which has hugely um, valuable uh, material properties. Mm. So it's practically impossible to replace with other materials. Mm. So, so mm. this means that it, it, it gives us this uh, unique situation that, that we really need to, to um, take care of, of the emissions from our production. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, follow up to this super interesting. And uh, I was comparing to the, those emission levels to, for example, aviation, which is about 3% of global emissions. So it's uh, significant to cement. And then wondering that, okay, a lot is happening there in China. So are is there something that China or the uh, cement producers there in China could learn from you? Are you leading the way for them as well? I would say that Europe is leading the way at the moment. Yes, um, Europe has been working with CO2 emissions for for a long time. As mm. we all know, we have the the emission trading system since 2005 already. Mm. And, and the cement industry in, in the Europe has really uh, taken the lead. Um, but I think um, I'm quite conv uh, convinced that, that China will follow. They're very good at copying things. So, so, so I think they will actually be making very good mm. um, good decisions in, in the long run. And uh, I, I think there will there will be a, a lot of good development there there also. But but Europe is definitely um, want to be the, the ones leading leading mm. the way. Yeah. Well interesting. Um, I, I think I have a, a question about what you said earlier about um, the percentage from the construction industry that most come from heating in the buildings, yes. I would say. So when you take Finland, for example, it's quite cold here, especially in the winters and all that. And when it, we talk about buildings, there's a lot of heating, let's say, used in Finland in general in those periods. So have there been any new materials kind of discovered in the construction industry that could maybe reduce it, but then at the same time keep us warm <laughs> and, and yeah, yes. during this period. There's, a, there's a, this, is this very good new material called concrete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was uh, just as a comment, but, but actually that's one of the, the benefits of this kind of massive materials is mm -hmm. that it's um, both for cold 
and for warm, warm it, mm. it can work as um, this kind of uh, insulation material. And, and actually there is um, a lot of new technology on this side, you know, coming where yeah. you would actually think of how you could use um, this kind of solar energy and, and wind energy. You know, you have it at times when it's actually not that much needed. Mm -hmm. So you would you could use um, buildings for, for storing that yeah. energy. So that's an area which is very much uh, investigated mm. at, at the moment. And I think that's something that we haven't been talking that much about, but it will probably change like in, in the next 10 years, okay. quite largely. Okay. And just like in Africa, because I'm, I'm originally from Ghana and in there we build a lot with um, blocks which is made from cement and sand, like mixture, yeah. and then concrete. Uh, but then we have quite a, let's say, a warmer weather pattern in there. So sort of we use concrete, but then it's very warm, <laughs> you know. So this cold and like keeping the temperature kind of at a, at a, a stable level where you don't need any heating or cooling, yeah, but it's it's the same actually there that even if you have in very hot what uh, hot countries um, having those um, massive blocks, mm -hmm. it will keep the temperature more even yeah. than if you would be building in in very lightweight mm. because then the temperature would be exactly you know the same. The, the same the, the, just uh, comes uh, in. Yeah, directly. it comes in. Mm. So so it is a little bit that that the same thing. Mm -hmm. But but I think that's an area where. Um, there's a lot of uh, investing development going on, you know, yeah. um, looking at alternatives on on how to use shades. Mm -hmm. um, so you could, you know, with sort of mechanical um, shades, be able to to keep the the house yeah. temperature more more even, stable and more, even. more stable mm -hmm. and, and, and even. Yes, yeah. but but that's that's a big big area, and and if we look like in in Finland um, where we have this. Um, target of, of being carbon neutral by, by 2035. One of the things is, of course, that to be able to do that, um, actually, like, I think 80, 90% of all the houses that will be there in 35, 35 they have already mm. been built. Mm. Okay. I mean, the, the the time it takes, you know, for, for new buildings to come and, and for you to take down the old buildings, that's quite a long Long cycle. Yeah. Long cycle. Mm. So, so therefore, we actually need to 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 look at the the old buildings and and we need to actually target the energy efficiency of those houses. But but also, um, of course, the the energy production side is is mm. very very important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but then at the same time, as I said before, the CO two reduction of of our own process is is of course very very. Um, important then and and that's something we probably will talk a little bit more yeah actually can we continue with that so how like how were co2 reductions so what is that really and also i have a feeling that there's some room for power to x concepts as well <laughs> yes <Is> that's so <laughs> yes that's that's true um but if we start with uh, sort of a little bit go back to the basics again if we talk about the the co2 emissions how they are formed in in our process uh, as we mentioned before uh, we it's an energy intensive uh, process, process. Mm -hmm. and and you need the 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 fuels to to have the the heat generation yeah. and and from these uh, fuels we get like 40% of the emissions comes from from burning of those fuels mm -hmm. but like 60% of the emission that comes from the raw material itself from the right. limestone, limestone yeah. yes we discussed about the the calcination of of limestone and that's actually the part that is the most difficult to, to mm. make a change on because that's sort of the the chemical reaction that's the essence of, of producing cement so you can't do that you know without producing the the co2, the CO2 emissions yeah. so so therefore uh, uh, normally i would say that setting a target to be uh, carbon neutral in, in 2050 is sort of like, okay, that's quite far away oh. and uh, why can't you do it quicker? But mm. in this specific case, if you look at steel and if you look at, at cement, those two uh, products are probably the most difficult mm. to decarbonize yeah. in, in, in the world because because of their um, the, the process, the process it, itself. 
So uh, what we're doing is we're actually working on this on, on two different timeframes. Mm -hmm. We are working uh, with uh, the technologies that's there already. And then we are um, looking at uh, new research and, and planning for the future. And, and these two go hand in hand. So uh, if we look, if we, if we start with the short term solutions, what, what we can actually do now and, and what we are working on at the moment, there's four areas where mm -hmm. we can do um, changes. Um, as a first, we can replace some of that limestone that we discussed before yeah. with, with sort of non-carbonate raw materials. It might be alternative materials from from different um, from other industries and, and that kind of materials. But but that's, of course, rather limited. But but, mm. but there is some potential there. Uh, then we can replace uh, the fuels we use, the fossil fuels with recirculated, with alternative fuels and, and then mainly, of course, with with biofuels. Mm -hmm. um, we can uh, improve the energy efficiency of our process. Yeah. Um, the less we need energy, the less the there less will emission. be emissions mm. there will be. And then as the fourth, we can um, produce blended cements. I mentioned before that we have the intermediate product clinker, clinker which is yeah. actually the one where the, the, the CO2 emissions mainly come from. We can reduce that, use less of that clinker and instead uh, use some, some low emission alternatives in combined, combine that uh, with the clinker. And this way we can take down the, the carbon footprint of the cement produced. Mm. So these are sort of the four areas where we can um, do improvements. And this is something that we have been working for, you know, already for a long time. Yeah. But but this is also the area where we are putting focus on, you know, with new projects um, coming. Mm. Mm. And and I would say that in, in at the moment, uh, we are uh, internationally very well placed in, in FinCementi. In, in the EU, uh, we are with our Lappeenranta plant, we are among the 10% best. Mm. Uh, also, Paranen plant is in the top 30. So I would say that um, we are quite well suited at the moment. Um, our um, emission reduction so far, comparing with 1990, uh, we've reduced 24% uh, mm. of the emissions. Mm. Well, so I would say it's a rather good result, giving the, the the, you know, mm. and, and thinking that half of the mission comes from the raw material itself, yeah. <laughs> which there is not that much raw alternatives for. Yeah. So, um, and, and if you look internationally, I think the cement industry, uh, according to the latest figures, has uh, reduced the emissions with like 19%. Mm. So I would say that we are sort of a little bit ahead yeah. and, and trying to, to, to keep this also um, in the future. We want to be one mm. of the the good ones. Awesome, very good. Can, can you give us some example uh, from either like replace fossil fuels, energy efficiency or blended mm -hmm. cement? So some examples from there. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, well, if you look at uh, energy efficiency, uh, one of the first things when, when the emission trading started, what we actually did was that we really replaced two very uh, two old um, cement kilns in Lappe and Randa mm -hmm. with a modern, you know, state of the art. Okay. Um, sort of best available technique uh, process. So, so that was a big investment that we made in the beginning. And, and that's one of the reasons why we are very good uh, in international comparison with, mm. with the La Peranta plant. And then we have been working very much with the alternative fuels, you know, replacing yeah. the fossil fuels. And actually last year um, we made a new uh, record in that. Uh, we replaced uh, altogether 56% of the fuels were replaced with alternative fuels. And they're the biggest um, amount what we're using is, is this called uh, SRF. It's mm. a solid recovery fuel. It means that it's a fuel coming from, from you know, waste handling. It's that kind of uh, packaging material and, and that kind of waste for which there is no, no use, no use mm. which there's no real way of, of circulating. It might have circulated already so many times that mm. it's contaminated or it's sort of come to an end that you can't uh, reuse it as material anymore. Mm. Then it's a very good fuel to be used in, in the cement kiln. Okay. Because I don't know if you're familiar with the cement kilns, but it's quite a, a, a specific um, and special uh, in that sense that in, in our kiln, um, you put the raw, the raw material and the fuel into the same uh, chamber, chamber yeah. so, so it's in the same 
place. Yeah. And this means that all the material that you put in there will be part of the final product. So if you have a, a, a fuel which has then they always have some some ash content, you mm -hmm. know, these yeah. materials that will actually be, be part, part of, the, of the final product. And and one of, of the very good uh, fuels that we use, which is uh, very good for us, is like uh, shredded tires. Oh, the black ones. Yes, the black yeah. ones. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you look at uh, shredded tires, um, it's not only rubber, but but it's, uh, you know, it's wire, there, Wires, there's, there's yeah. fa fabrics, that there's uh, different materials in it. It's, mm. it's practically impossible to, to get those separated mm. anymore. Yeah. But if you put it in a kiln, uh, we use it as, as an energy uh, source. It's yeah. a very good fuel. And at yeah. the same time, we get there, we, we, we get the, the steel in there. We, we can use that as a raw material and it's actually replacing then the, the metals that we would yeah. put otherwise. So um, it's quite a, a unique, mm, unique. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, keeping in mind that, that we have very high temperatures, we are at the material temperature needed for, for cement production is 1450 degrees. Mm. That mm -hmm. means that the gas temperatures is, is above 2000 degrees. So, so the temperatures are high, we have a long uh, residence time. So it means that it's very clean burning it's it's much higher hotter um, there than in normal like waste incineration systems yeah. mm -hmm. so so it's actually quite a a good way of getting rid of those um fuels those waste materials that there is no sort of other good uses for mm. yeah. yeah and there it replaces 100 percent the the, the the fossil fuels you know coal yeah. or mm -hmm. that yeah. we would use otherwise mm. Yeah, I, I think I, I do, maybe growing up, I saw a lot of uh, people, like we burn this black tires and it has this awful scent. Yeah. It's very polluting and like when you're burning it, you cannot breathe. Yeah. So it's kind of a very good way to have it Absolutely. in a chamber and covered and everything like that. And, and, and the difference is when you saw it uh, being burned, it was burned in low temperature. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then you And then you will have all those kind of problems mm -hmm. yeah. but when you do it the right way when you have the high temperature uh it's a very clean clean fuel. way yes mm. so um like cement industries is very heavily um, um sort of um uh, you know the authorities are following up or our um, how we're mm -hmm. working uh, we have uh, emission all kinds of of emission monitoring in in our um you know online so we can see all the way all the time the what, process, what are yeah. the what, what is mm. the process what's happening there mm. and we have uh, external uh, verifiers coming to, to check that the monitors are showing you know the right figures and, yeah. and they come mm. and check all these dioxines and fluorines and, and and heavy metals and and we have those checks regularly you know two times a year to, to see where we are so um i would say we have very good sort of science-based um, yeah. to, to yeah. show that this is actually a good way of, of, of handling it. Yes. So it's mm. um, so th this maybe was a little bit of an, an example of, of what we can do. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. No, yeah, it was really good and concrete and yeah, great job. Yeah, I think even someone listening can start a cement producing company by <laughs> by listening to your explanation because you went so into detail and very um, step by step also on how the process is for yeah to help us all understand um, how cement and and um, concrete is produced. So yeah, very good. And you did also mention that we can even replace like a part of the limestone. So I'm curious about in, in that aspect because yeah. uh, recently I think I've seen some people building with plastics, for example. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so so in, in um in your opinion or from your experience, what are some of the alternative materials? Um when when I say that we can uh, replace some of the, the, the limestone. limestone, then it uh, means of course that we will put the limestone into the to the uh to the kiln and we will make that part of the raw material. And what we can use here is we can use like um, fly ash coming from, from coal plants. Uh, we can use different kind of slags coming from, from producing uh, nickel or, or from producing um, uh, steel. It, it can come from, from different sources. So that's the kind of materials that, that we get. And, and actually uh, today 
um, FinCementi has a very big role in, in circular economy in that sense that uh, we're using um, 250,000 tons of circulated material, you know, coming from different yeah. um, industries. And I know it's always difficult to, to you know, picture how much is that? Is it it's a big pile? But but I was just making some sort of easy calculation here that, that means that you can picture each day there will be more than 16 trucks, mm. you know, coming to the cement plant, you know, with raw mm. material yeah. each day, 365 days a year. So you can think that pile, which now is used as a raw material rather than being landfilled mm. somewhere. So over the years, there would be quite big piles. And so that's different uh, raw materials that we use. And and the, the fossil uh, fuels that we replace, that's like 85,000 tons about this mm. at, at, at this time. And this, you can compare it um, a, a a town size Turku. Yeah. From that, uh, if, if you look at the, the waste uh, coming from the households, that, that's about the same amount. We're not using that kind of waste as fuel, mm. but, but just to give you an idea of, of, of is it a big amount or not. Yeah. So yes, I would say it's, it's rather, rather important. Significant. Yeah, significant. Mm. Uh, from from the, the tires, uh, we take care of like one fifth of, of the tires produced in, in Finland. Mm. Uh, the waste tires. The waste tires. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. So maybe we can even go on to hear about the long-term goals of of Finsmenti. Uh, where are we going, or where do you see yourself uh, in the long term? What are some of the new things we should look out for? Mm. That's uh, an area which is very, very important and and very interesting. I think myself, um, the cement industry uh, has this as we discussed before the the special thing about it is that so much of the co2 emissions comes from the raw material mm. so this means of course that even if we would be able to reduce the energy side like 100 percent yeah we would only be like halfway to the the target of, of being co2 neutral, neutral. Mm. yes so this means that in the long run we will need a lot of small steps but uh, the final step will be um, carbon capture. That's uh, a technology that we need to go for. And, and that means that we will need to um, capture the, the CO2 at the plant and then either uh, utilize it, use it for, for some good purpose, or then we will um, permanently store it. So those are sort of the, the two alternatives for that. And this is an area where we have been uh, working with, together with um, Lappeenranta University, uh, with the Power to X uh, concept. Uh, we have had recently been discussing the possibility of, of having this kind of a pilot plant mm. uh, in in Joutseno. Actually, we would be mm. then taking the, the CO2 from from the Lappeenranta plant, and we would combine it with some hydrogen coming from Kemira's plant in Joutseno. And then we would produce a synthetic uh, fuel out of that. Out of that. Mm. And, and that's a very, very interesting alternative for us. We, we think that would be, that would be a, a great solution because there will be a need for, for, for this kind of synthetic fuels, at least for some time in the future still, mm. because there will be areas like aviation, which will be very difficult to, to mm. decarbonize fully in, in other ways. But it would be, this could be a very good solution. And, and for us in Finland, one of the, the things is that um, there's not very good uh, formations available, suitable um, for this kind of underground uh, storage in yeah. Finland. Mm -hmm. at, at, at least the knowledge we have at the moment is that there might not be any, any suitable formations. So therefore, for us, uh, the alternative of, of utilization of, of the, the CO2 would be a better alternative. And that's something we... Look, look forward to, to being part of, of de developing that technology. The future looks exciting. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. Uh, but we are also at the same time, we're working with, um, with VTT, with, with the Technical Research Center mm. in Finland, and, and we're also working on the alternative of um, uh, replacing the fuels with electricity. So if mm. we could use fossil-free electricity, uh, that would be one alternative also. So we have this kind of ideas how we could uh, 
make the process uh, less uh, less carbon intensive yeah yeah e excellent and great job lapper on the university as well <laughs> <laughs> not taking any sides but great know. job in there she, she's a no student from this. yeah <laughs> Yeah, but actually, you're right. I think they're doing a very good job, and and they've been they working do. with this for for a long time already. So, yes, yes, that great, was great impact there, and Absolutely. together with companies. So then yes. we come to collaboration, which is super exactly. key. And I think that's actually a word I would want to um, say something about because we can really see from the cement industry side that collaboration is very very important here. Because uh, if we look at the the carbon um, capturing. That's sort of a new technology, which there some of it is already rather mature, mm. but actually we still need to develop it quite a lot. Yeah. And and if you look at the the cycle of, of developing something new coming from, you know, you have an idea which you then test it in, you know, in laboratory, and then you have a maybe a small pilot plant, and then you need to have a demonstration plant, and then to have the final sort of the investment in the process that will all take quite some time yeah. but but at least it will take a lot of money and and there's quite a big risk because when it's something new there's always the risk that well maybe it's not going to succeed, yeah. going to succeed. <laughs> mm. so so there's a huge risk there so you can't sort of expect one company to do that alone but but this is where we need the collaboration from 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 the industry together and and we also need if we look at the, the CO2 and, and storaging it, we actually need the infrastructure for that, you know, the pipelines, mm -hmm. the, the CO2 hubs from where you can, you know, where can that be stored? That mm. can't be sort of one company's job to do that, but but actually we need quite a lot of impact also from 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 the society more in, in general. So so and there's a very good uh, example here uh, in Norway. Mm -hmm. They made this decision. Um, in last December, that the Norwegian Norwegian, Norwegian state will uh, uh, state fund the first uh, full scale demonstration of uh, CCS wow. in in Norway in, in the cement industry. So there will be in twenty twenty four there will be a, a CO two capturing cement plant in in Breivik. Yes, and mm -hmm. and they will use the so-called MEA technology for taking four hundred thousand tons of CO two per year. They will put that um, uh, into liquid, mm -hmm. and that liquid will then be transported by by boat to a CO two hub, and and then uh, exported there by pipelines to to an offshore. Um, storage storage place yeah. with his old uh, gas and uh, oil fields mm. in, in the north sea and mm. and when you then use have it there like it's more than a thousand meters below seabed the the pressure there will be so big that it will be naturally in in a liquid state yeah. and and it will be safely you know put there and and in the long run it will actually the liquid will start to react with the with the uh, rock that it's rounding it mm. and it will b become sort of part of what it was originally you know? okay mm. so, so it's quite an interesting interesting yeah very <laughs> interesting like and just think about all the science that and like research that is needed in there and like all the listeners listen to that story think about all the parts that were there in the process and and not just the research, like even the the amount of money or investment needed yes. to make something like this happen. Yes, yeah. It sounds this, so capital intensive. This this project in in Norway, uh, they estimated it to be two point three billion euros. So it's enormous money. Uh, the no the the state will uh, aid two thirds of that, and the rest will then be industry. But still, it's going to be an enormous sum. Of, of money so so we need to understand that this kind of money you know uh, it's not available everywhere so we're very we're very grateful for, for Norway I mean they, they have the oil oil money and they have the the, the old old oil fields mm -hmm. so there's sort of a very good combination here and and I think this is sort of a starting point that mm -hmm. when we have this first technologies coming out, it will give uh, more um, sort of 
it will help the others to 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 follow suit so this is very very important and we're really looking forward to to getting sort of concrete ideas of of the problems that will yeah. be there and and you know the solutions that we will then find to mm. this to, to this new now we are discussing this kind of things that well how much water can there be in the you know how many parts per million can there be in the co2 without mm. it being a problem for for pumps or or, yeah, or yeah. for the so it's um, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting engineering there to be done <laughs> yeah, <sounds laughs> for sure and learning by doing there absolutely. so you'll see what will happen absolutely absolutely yeah. and hey now it's soon uh, time to wrap up the episode we're at the end of our great fruitful conversation and the last question i would love to ask or we would like to ask is that what is your total team SDG and why <laughs> and why of course yeah uh, I think it's rather obvious uh, since we've been discussing uh, <laughs> CO2 and, and emissions for such a long time it's rather obvious that if, if we look at sort of the short term I would say that uh, climate action of course okay. there's no alternative <laughs> because that's the one that needs to be fixed as the first one yeah but if you look a little bit, you know, in the long run, I would say that uh, I would say that the um, the first one, no poverty, no poverty. That's, that's my personal uh, favorite. Th that's my personal favorite, and it's uh, if you look at the big picture, I think as you know they're all linked. So I think if you fix number one, the mm. others will follow. Follow suit. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very a very good choice, and yeah. Um, I think no poverty is something that would make the whole world a better place for everybody in it as well. So, yeah. Any last words, Maya? Yeah. Thinking about this no poverty, I think that in order to reach that, we also need, need to find a way to live in a sustainable way. So they're like all SDGs are very much interconnected in this specific area as well. Yes, I, I fully agree. They are very much linked together. Yeah. But hey, at this point, thank you, Ola, for being here. And uh, Jennifer, here can close the session, actually. <laughs> I can close the session. Okay, yes. So thank you very much from my side as well. And I think before we wrap up, um, are you on social media? Any handles you want to share to our audience? So if they have any follow-up questions after listening to this episode, they can reach out to you and maybe... Even go read more about your your experience and what your company is doing as well. Yes, I think the best way of, of reaching me is through LinkedIn, or uh, and also the the FinCementi uh, pages. There is uh, information available there, and, and you will find contact information for me and, and and for my colleagues also. Awesome, awesome! Thank you very much, and thanks for the awesome lecture on construction. I think I'm I'm now an expert, and I could actually consult for a company already. <laughs> I have a feeling that there's just like more questions, <laughs> but uh, thank you, thank you from my side as well. And uh, that like having more questions is a positive problem. So now I will read some more and probably come back to this topic later. Thank you very much, Ulla. Okay, thank you for joining us on this episode. And if you're interested in following us more closely, you can follow us on LinkedIn with by searching with the name saving ourselves and on instagram saving dots ourselves my name is jennifer ohemen i'm maya Luka, and, and we, we are, are here, here to, to save, save ourselves, ourselves. <laughs>